Welcome to the Ladies Power Lunch Podcast with Dr. Davia Shepard, a resource for women in business, presenting a wide range of topics exploring professional growth and personal development. And now, Dr. Davia Shepard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ladies Power Lodge. I am so excited. You probably hear me say I'm excited all the time. So you're like, whatever. No, you guys don't even understand. I am beyond excited. Today, our very special guest is somebody I consider to be just such a dear friend and just such a great example for all of us as entrepreneurs. Some of you might remember him because a few years ago, he was our keynote speaker on Ladies Power Lunch Summit, the Spring Summit. And you might remember just how engaging and amazing he was on the program. He has some new stuff that's out and he's going to tell us all about it at the end. But today, we're having conversations conversations about being a success in any season and I've got to tell you if there's anybody who knows how that all works it's my dear friend Cornell so Cornell welcome 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 so happy to have you thank, here thank you so much it's an honor to be here and see your amazing face and I remember that two years ago when you invited me to the uh ladies lunch and I had such a great time connecting with people so thank you for having me back so Cornell, I know you, I love you. I know all the things that you're up to, but some of our guests, I don't know what rock they've been under, but they might not be as aware of you as I am. So would you please share with our wonderful listeners and viewers who you are and what it is that you're doing in the world? Sure, uh, my name is Cornell Thomas. I'm a father and husband. Uh, I have two beautiful kids. Bryce is seven and Naya is five. Speaker is what I use because it's a shorter term, but I, I really like to say to be a, I'm a professional conversationalist because if you've heard me speak, I'm not speaking at you or speaking to you like I know everything. It's just kind of a conversation and sharing information. I'm a four-time author. My fifth book is going to be out next week. Uh, I have a, two podcasts, an app, a social entrepreneur. So there's a bunch of different things. Working on a TV show right now. So there's a bunch of different things that I have in the works. Uh, and I just really, in, in a nutshell, I just love connecting with great people like you and your, your community. I love it. I love it. So much new stuff going on. You and I, we have to talk off the air because there's, there's <laughs> tons of fun stuff going on. I am very excited to have you here. Really excited about all the wonderful things that you have going on in your life and really happy to be able to share you with our audience today. So coming up is our Ladies Power Lunch Spring Summit and our theme this year is success in any season because you know, 2020 feels like it kind of threw us a little bit of a curveball. It was a different year. It presented challenges that were unprecedented. And for some of us in business, we did amazingly well, way better than we've ever done in any other year. And then for some of us in business, we didn't do as well. As a matter of fact, some of us might be struggling. And so it's important, I think, for us to look at what it really takes to be a success, even when the pictures on the outside are not looking great. What does it take to be the kind of person who can succeed no matter what? Because some people are. So there's got to be an answer to this question. So this is why we thought it would be the perfect theme for our spring summit for this year. And I'm happy to have you on because I feel like 
if anybody could talk to this topic, you definitely could. So give us a little bit about your background and tell us why you know about what it takes to be a success in any season. Well, first I would say I love that theme. I think it's a, a very relevant theme, not just for now, but for all times, right? Like you can use that theme for every year for the rest of our lives. And, yeah. you know, I always, I had, I had a speech last night and I said, 2020, 19, 20, 18, 20, 17, 20, keep going down. There's always something that's going on, right? Always. Like it's uh, but there's always something that's going on. And I'll use your analogy. You said a curveball. It might not be a fastball and it might not be a slider. It's a different pitch. So the adversity just looks a little bit different. But at the end of the day, it's still adversity. For me personally, the reason that my mindset is the way it is is because of my mom. You know, I, I grew up uh, in adversity. You know, my father passed when I was four years old. And my mom raised five of us with zero money. So mm -hmm. just seeing her grit and resilience and her mental toughness and fortitude and faith that the situation will change. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, it's not just faith, it's action, right? Let's like, say faith without actions is, you know, is dead. So there's so many different combinations, but at the end of the day, it goes to your mindset. Your mind can convince you of anything. Your mind can convince you that you'll never recover. Your mind can convince you that everything is okay. So I think we tend to forget the things that we've been through up until this point. We don't realize that we've been through so much already, you know, before yeah. this year happened. This year sucks. Okay, great. I get it. Like there's bad things that have happened, but like you said before, there are some amazing things that have happened, right? That just the connectivity with your family, like the fact that I'm home, I'm not on a plane every other week flying somewhere and I can hang out with my kids and my wife and I can go on hikes and et cetera. And just to, to reflect in, I hope people use this time to say, well, what do I really want to do? What's holding me back? We've have time when you're in a lockdown or quarantine or whatever it is, you have time to reflect. So I think the people I've been in their business, the difference between them and maybe some others that are not is how they're approaching it, their mindset. Like we've all been punched in the mouth. We're all small business. We've all been hit. Corporations have not been hit, but we have been hit, right? So all of us have been punched. So what are you going to do after that hit? And I think just my background of going through so many, what people would deem traumatic events in my life and being able to get through them uh, has helped me look at 2020 and say, okay, well, what are you going to take from it that's positive? Tell us a little bit about, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really sorry about your dad passing and all of that, but tell us a little bit more about, you know, some of the things that you have been able to really come out on the other side of in a very positive way. It's funny because when I talk about my story and I share my story with people, I'm like, things are still happening, right? It's not like it's the past and now my mindset is to the point where adversity doesn't happen in my life. You know, that's the misconception. It happens every single day. But one of the biggest things for me growing up is my journey into basketball. I started playing basketball at a very, very late age. I was 16 years old when I first picked up basketball. I was absolutely horrible. But the reason I wanted to play basketball was so my mom didn't have to work again. Like that, when people talk about their purpose or their why, as a 16-year-old boy and seeing my mom struggle for from four years old to 16, I was sick of her working. I was sick of her seeing her come home from job one, get us ready, go to job two, and then job three, we wouldn't even see her before she went from job two to three. So I was like, man, maybe this is something that I can do where she no longer has to work, right? She can sit down and relax. My whole thing is like, that's been my mission since I was a child. It's like, I just want to see my mom sit down and relax. If you meet my mom, even now, she's just, she's always moving. I'm like, mom, I love it. I get it. Like I'm the same way, but please. So I started playing basketball. I was able to get myself to the point where I got a contract to play professional basketball. And that's in just seven years. And the reason I 
got that contract is because I knew what work ethic was, right? I saw my mom's work ethic. I was telling my son a couple of weeks ago when we got hit with the snowstorm, I said, daddy used to go out and shovel the snow before my mom used to wake up. She didn't have to tell me, right? I just saw how she worked. So I just assumed like, if I want anything in life, that's what I have to do. I have to put that amount of work in. So that's what I did with basketball. And then a week before I was supposed to go play professional basketball in Europe, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. And, and so when that happens, right, when we get one of life's mini haymakers, I can't sit here and say, oh, my Achilles in because of what I've been through in the past. I was like, whatever. And fi- no, it wasn't like that at all. Like when that happened, I was in complete why me mode. And that's what happens when adversity, like it's natural, it's human reaction, normal human reaction where I'm just like, well, why would God ever allow this to happen to me? You know, I don't do anything bad. I'm a nice person. And the only reason I want to play basketball professionally is for my mom. And then this happened. So I was in this state, you know, I went through the stages of change within like 48 hours. I went through the, you know, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, and then the acceptance. And I tell people all the time, when you go through some type of dramatic change, like we're going through right now, a lot of businesses, a lot of people, families are going through change. You know, you're going to go through those stages and the denial stage. That's a tough one. Bargaining stage is a tough one. Anger. Yeah, that's tough. But the toughest one is depression when you feel like there is no hope. And I always use the analogy like this for depression. It's like, it's imagine sitting in your room and the lights are off and you know where the light switch is, but you just feel so heavy that you can't get up. Your legs cannot get you to turn the light on. You know, that's how it is when you're in this depressed state where it's like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get up. I don't want to read some freaking motivational quote. I just want to sit here and be pissed off. And the thing I started to think about the via is I started to say to myself, well, how about those days your mom would come home and we'd experience this hardship, like the lights would be cut off or we wouldn't have any hot water. You know, how did she handle these things? And she handled them by just action, by moving. And when I talk to people that are very, you know, that are upset and they're like, man, my business has just went under. I had to, whatever. I'm like, man, just move. Don't stay in the house. Like, don't stay on the couch. Like, just walk. And one thing that we fail to realize is our bodies in quarantine doesn't mean that our minds are in quarantine. Our minds haven't Love been that. quarantined at all, right? Since March, this has not been locked down. You cannot shut this down, right? So what are you going to do? I was flying back from Austin, Texas when I heard about uh, when a week, a week into this, I was flying back from Austin on a speech. And I said to myself, what are you going to do when you land? And I just started writing down things. I started writing down, okay, I want to, I always want to create an app. I want to make another podcast. I want to start doing virtual assemblies. Like I started writing all these things that I want to do on my action board. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing them. So if you don't have a course of action, if you don't have something that you want to do, you're going to just be sitting off. And I think my quote today was when it comes to negativity, make it a pit stop, not a rest stop. Right? Like you can sit there and be like, man, this sucks. Like, but then at some point in time, this will start formulating. You have to start saying, well, how do I get out of this, right? Because if you make it a rest stop, you're gonna lay in that negativity. And next thing you know, you're gonna be negative for a day, a week, a month. You're gonna be saying it's the worst year of your life, right? And that's like, I talked about this at your summit where it's a snowball effect. It starts off as a little snowball and then it rolls into an avalanche as you dogpile on it. And that's what we do as human beings. We like dogpile onto our, our issues and our problems. Okay. So, you know, I mean, it's, 
it's something that one of one of my very dear friends, Chloe, she likes to say that yes, you can throw yourself a pity party, but don't stay there too long. And I I really agree with you that it's human nature to when things don't go ideally to kind of not feel amazing about it. What's the number one thing that you would say that pulled you out of that depression that was able to help you to go from feeling as though you really need to stay in the pity party to moving on to the next step? And I know you mentioned planning, but I'm thinking back to when you were a young man I'm not saying that you're not a young man anymore, but I see some gray hairs in the beard, so I don't know. Um, when you were a younger man and, you know, you had to kind of turn things around, even though you'd gotten a diagnosis that wasn't what you were looking for. Yeah. So the first thing is, is I tell people that how long did it take you to get over this injury? And that's another misconception to me. You don't get over stuff. You know, things, ha they're going to stand in your subconscious mind forever, right? So it's going to be locked away and it's just going to be waiting to come out. You get through things. And the reason, the way I got through it is I called my buddy up and I said, hey, pick me up. We're going to go to the gym. I'm going to shoot from a chair. So I couldn't, this didn't, it did nothing to my basketball game. It didn't make me a better basketball player, but mentally, mentally. It, took me, it took me out of my room, right? And allowed me to do something that I loved. I was able to, it, was, it was like an hour and a half distraction every day where I wasn't alone with my thoughts. That was the first thing. And the second was just understanding gratitude, realizing that Cornell, at some point in time, you're gonna heal up, you're gonna walk again, you're gonna you know, run again. Think you might not be the same, but you're gonna be like, at some point, you're gonna be fine. So just be grateful for the fact that it wasn't something so catastrophic where it was gonna change your quality of life. And I, I always tell people, the number one combatant of negativity for me is just gratitude and understanding that regardless of what has happened, not to discount that thing, but man, I'm still alive. I'm still able to speak and talk and do my thing. And there's people that are going through way worse than I'm going through and they're they're happy and they're ha enjoying their time on the earth. So why can't I be? Say a little bit more Cornell about this whole idea of gratitude. Is it something that you practice daily? Do you have any special, um, ways of going about your gratitude practice. Is there something that we can all really take an example from you for when it comes to gratitude? I would say if you woke up today, right? Like if you're seeing this, that's your first, that's your first thing to be grateful about. And it's something as simple as that we tend to forget. We take waking up for granted. Like, oh, we're just going to get up in the morning. Well, ask yourself how many people did not wake up today on this planet? There's tens of thousands that didn't wake up. But for some reason, we feel as humans like, oh, we're just going to get up tomorrow. We're going to get up the next day. That's not guaranteed. So the first thing I do when I wake up is I say to myself, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you. I have another day to love. I have another day to impact people. I have another day. Thank you for that. That's the first thing. The second thing is understanding what a win and what a loss is. We count losses like uh, I spilled my Starbucks coffee. That's not a loss right? You spilled your coffee. You're a little clumsy, right? I stubbed my toe. That's not a loss, right? So we pile up the losses like, and I, you know, we, you hear first world problems. We, we pile up first world losses instead of realizing that our biggest W, our biggest win of the day 
a chance to see the day, right? So we got a chance to see the day. It's not saying that bad things aren't going to come or whatever, but the fact that we can get up and have this conversation and interact with one another, that is the biggest win, right? There's no loss. That's the only loss that's going to take that away is death. And that depends on your belief system, right? Your belief system, you have faith. Death isn't bad. It's not a thing where you, you know, you want to be here, but it's not a thing where you're like, oh my gosh, right? So uh, for me, it's just understanding that I get a chance to do it again. Whenever I wake up, I'm like, man, I get another chance to do it again. So I don't waste time. Like we, another misconception is we think we're going to be here forever. No, like it's, it's really common sense. We're only here for like 80 to so years. If everything goes right, you're here for a hundred years. So track your age by a hundred. That's what you, right? Put that into minutes, put that in the seconds, put that in the hours. Okay. Well, how long do you want to spend that, waste that time? being negative, being hateful, being angry, not appreciating life. I don't want to do it that way. I'm sorry. Like, I, I want to spend my time doing things that are going to help other people feel better and help myself feel good. So it sounds to me, Cornell, as though this idea of being a success, even when things seem to be stacked against you, it seems to me like it can be a choice. It can be a decision. It can be something that you arrive arrive at a decision that you make that i'm going to be grateful i'm going to stay positive i'm going to stay focused on the things that are going well i am going to pay attention to the time that i have left there's an exercise that i do with patients that come in to do lifestyle and wellness care with our practice and we call it a health timeline and basically i get graph paper and we draw out a whole hundred one to a hundred and we just kind of track where are you on this line and what do you want your health to look like from where you are now to let's say a hundred and then we can get started working on that but a lot of us I think I love that you mentioned this because a lot of us don't think of it this way we really really do think that we have all the time in the world and we really do but we also absolutely don't and so being able to live in the now and make the most of the time that we have now is so, so, so very important. I was talking to somebody yesterday about the very same thing. And I said to him, you know what? My life is pretty amazing. I mean, in the whole world scheme of things, yes, we're in lockdown and yes, there are challenges to practicing in a pandemic, but oh my God, my kids are healthy. My women in Ladies Power Lunch, they're doing amazing. My family's doing well. My new book is a bestseller. And I don't take the time to even appreciate the little things as they come along. I'm always off to the next thing, doing the next thing, focusing on the next thing, planning the next summit. I've gotten to a stage now where we do, we've been doing summit for maybe seven years. So it's kind of in a box, like we unpack it on the day that we get started planning Summit and Summit's kind of basically going to be put to bed. And I've already started planning the, the fall Summit and I don't even take the time to appreciate that. Wow, this is an achievement. So I'm wondering, Cornell, what do you have to say about us living in the now and really appreciating the wins that we have? Well, first, congratulations on your book. That's amazing. That's the first thing. That's amazing. And, and not surprised, not surprised at all. Uh, secondly, I'm like you, 
I, I, my first book signing years and years ago, I was already focused on my second one. So that's just kind of how it's a gift and a curse, right? It's a yeah. gift because we get a lot of stuff done, right? It's a gift because we're creative and you're already thinking, well, how can I make this, this uh, woman's power lunch? How can I make it even bigger for the next time? The problem is, is don't applaud yourself if you don't give yourself the roses from time to time and say, no, Davia, like sit down for a second. You did like, you did this, like you created things. And people had this experience. Even if you give yourself 30 minutes, my last positivity summit I did virtually afterwards, I, I had my mom on, right? So I was just crying the whole entire time. And I, I pressed stop and I sat on my couch and I did not move for 30 minutes. I don't know if there's a time in my life where I haven't moved in 30 minutes. I just, and I said, understand what you just did. Like your mom just came on as one of the speakers for your event. Right. One, it's a miracle you got your mom to ever talk about herself. I know. Right? You know, and I was like, I was like, and two, like you were able to get through it, even though you're crying the whole time, you're get able to get through it and have and introduce her to people. So, you know, I had half hour. So I think it's just giving yourself some time. You you're not a person probably that needs two weeks of adulation or like, oh my God, because you're already right? like I'm not a kind of person where I need two weeks. Like when people are like, Oh, I, you should go on a vacation. I'm like, cool. Like, can we go for a couple of days? Like, because I, I love what I do. Like I, if it's different when you love it, like mm -hmm. can you love this last night, I was done at 10 30, 10 o'clock at night. I finished doing all the Q and A's. I knew I had this in the morning. I could, I can't wait to do things like this. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm fired up. And if it's something like when people ask you, what do you do? It's a very hard question for me because what I do is who I am. There's a difference in it, right? So like, I'm not going to take a vacation for myself because I love, I love myself. I love my, like, I love my profession, right? right? So I would say when people are in the rat race and it's like, things are so fast, things are so fast. That's not when they really miss that time to like kind of chill out. I have the time to be like, hey, Cornell, like you just wrote a book, calm down, give yourself a couple of minutes. When you're running from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, it is very hard. You're on a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. So you don't have time to say, oh man, I got to get some water. Oh, now I got to take a break. Well, that's where the creativity ends up disappearing because yes. you create when you're like this the whole entire time. You got to create sometimes in stillness. Like, okay, let me think. Oh, wait, I want to do a book. What, is I, what do I want the book to be? Like, I have my next three books already in my head what I want to write, mm -hmm. right? Like I already have them because I have time still. I have time to be like, all right, let me sit here and think. Let me write something down, right? So I think just don't, don't like, and the society also does this crap too. They don't allow you to be happy for yourself, right? Like, it's like, if you're like, if you're like, hey, I'm a best-selling author. So, that, well, oh my gosh, Davia said she's a best-selling author. I can't believe it. You know, it's like, what? Like, like and we, like, much? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, and like, when you listen to those stupid voices, right, that mean nothing, when you listen to that, you stop applauding yourself, right? You're the forehead right now, right? It's great. Like, this is what I accomplished. And this book is going to help benefit other people. And who cares what anybody else thinks? So that's why, and you do this a lot, Divi, and I love how you do it. We pour into other people. Like, Always. I'll tell you how amazing you are. So you don't have to say it. I'll tell you how amazing you are. I'll give you the flowers while you're alive and kicking and not at a, some eulogy, right? So 
I porn people all the time. You're one of them where I'm just like, this woman is freaking amazing, right? Like you need to go follow this woman, right? But we should never shy away from saying that, like, it's okay to do this. When you accomplish mm -hmm. something that's really great, it's okay to do this. It's okay to take baby steps. You want to lose 50 pounds, you lost one pound. So what? It's okay to do this. You're working your way to that 50, right? And don't listen to what other people say. Put your blockers on and do your thing. One of the reasons why, Cornell, I know for sure that this is important to really take the time to appreciate your small wins is because we're talking about neuroplasticity and what our minds immediately will focus on, especially in times of adversity, are the patterns that we've already developed. And so if we can develop a pattern of appreciating the small, even the small things that are going well in our lives, even if we lost one pound, it could have been a pound of water weight, but that's okay. <laughs> we lost one pound take a moment to appreciate that because you're setting yourself up for in the future your mind being able to lock onto the positive as opposed to the negative when adversity strikes and it will always strike whether it's in the form of a pandemic or an economic downturn or in my case in my office two floods one after the other don't even ask that's like a story for another day it, it happens like stuff happens i wake up i give you a very 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 short story because we have exactly one minute left on this call i wake up in the morning to a conversation between two of my three sons and one is the oldest one is saying to the youngest one oh so you swallowed that ball huh well it should be okay this is like my first waking thought. <laughs> wow. My baby swallowed a ball bearing. And this is like two days ago. And of wow. course, all is well. But, you know, if being able to hang on to that positivity <laughs> in yeah. the moments of crisis, I promise yeah. you, it is. It, it, you need it. There are times when you're going to need it. So it's sort of like a bank account. <laughs> you keep building kids yeah. you have kids you know so cornell i could talk to you all day because you're amazing tell us what last words what are the things that we need to focus on to be successful no matter what uh, people give you drills all the time people tell you to do gratitude charts and all this other stuff what i want you to do today and i need you to promise me this i want you at some point in time i want you to go to your bathroom where you have a mirror I want you to look in that mirror and I want you to contact with that beautiful person that's in that mirror. I do not want you to break that eye contact for 30 seconds. You don't have to say anything vocally. You don't have to say any affirmation. I want you to know and understand that person that you're looking at was created for a reason. That person has purpose and your purpose doesn't have to be saving the freaking world all the time. Your purpose could be saving your house. Your purpose could be being nicer to your neighbor. Your purpose can be anything, but understand that every day you wake up, you look in that mirror and you understand that that person is special. Now, you were all created special. Now, if you live a special life, that's gonna be up to your faith, your action and your positivity. So that's what I want you guys to do today. I love it. I love it all so much. I can't wait to have you back on the show, Cornell. And before you go, can you tell us what, what's new with you? How can we connect with you, your website, your new book, all this fun stuff? How can we stay in touch? Uh, my website's cornell-thomas.com. You'll see all the stuff from there. And Instagram is at cornellthomas34. 
I have a speaker program. The third group is starting March 22nd. So you can just message me for that. It's a three month program that uh, I just had no idea I loved this much. And mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> like, I'm having a great time. And uh, I hope to see you soon so I can help the doc and support her any way possible. And if you haven't gotten her book yet, what are you waiting for? That's ridiculous. Uh, I have to go get her book now on Amazon. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. And want, just I want to just say one last thing, you know, seeing you and how you are with your mother is one of the reasons why we had to have you as a speaker on Ladies Power Lunch for our summits in the past. And seeing you and how you are with your mother makes me as a mother feel so proud and just so wonderful. And I know that our members who are mothers to look at you and feel that very same love and pride in what you have going on. So I know I'm not old enough to be your mom, but I'm kind of your mom. <laughs> I'm just kind of your mom. Love you so much. I want to say thank, thank you, you so everybody thank who joined you. us today. And I'll catch you guys on the next show. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at our website, www.ladiespowerlunch.com. And find us on YouTube at youtube.ladiespowerlunch.com. This is a production of the LPL Podcast Network.